UMass has just suffered a really ugly 6-2 loss at the hands of BU. We're going to try to talk through what's going on with this team right now because it is a tough watch. everybody and welcome to episode 67 of high character umass uh with another really tough loss this time at the hands of bu they give up four ugly goals in the first period and they can never claw their way back from it um a lot of bad stuff happened in this game and not much good so we're going to try to get through it uh as as quick as we can uh we don't want to sit through that much and we imagine you guys don't want to sit through what we're about to say for too too long so uh, we're going to go a little bit quicker here. My name is Cameron, and I'm joined by my good friend, Evan. I feel like I don't have to ask, Evan, but how are you doing? You don't have to ask, but I'll answer your question anyway. It, uh, Yeah, I'm in pain. I'm disappointed. This, this sucks. You know what I mean? This is the first time I've felt these sorts of emotions about UMass in quite a long time. I mean, I guess the most recent example was probably the Minnesota game last year. You know, obviously, that was a pretty disappointing time as well, but yeah, I mean, mid mid regular season, this is this is tough. You know what I mean? This this blows. So let's get into it. We can explain why we feel this way and what led up to these sorts of feelings. But uh, yeah, not not feeling too great right now. Yeah, and obviously, given the the current position, the rankings, UMass was nineteenth, and BU was, I believe, number seven going into this game. Uh, obviously, a BU is going to be the favorite, but I I guess we just didn't expect it in the fashion that we did on Wednesday night. So um, right when we get, we get into this game um, first 10 minutes seemed pretty evenly played. I thought UMass was actually playing um, better than I've seen them in the last few games. And then uh, about halfway through the period wheels just absolutely came off. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of fly through these. So the first goal, um, Wilmer Skoog, he's uh, been a pain in UMass's side lately he absolutely breaks Eric Faith's ankles uh right in front of the goal and is able to put one home for a, a tough start makes it one nothing there's something a little poetic about the fact that our team captain gets put on his ass for this goal and everything just kind of fell apart after this like I don't know it just seems interesting to me that it just happened to happen to the captain and then everything just kind of broke down from there but yeah I mean you you couldn't describe it any better we looked quite decent which kind of gave me a false sense of hope and security through the first 10 minutes. And like you said, everything just kind of fell off from there, which really sucked. You know, it just wasn't, you know, everything after that just kind of completely derailed. So, yeah. Yeah. And just a couple minutes later, um, BU kind of wheeling and dealing in UMass's zone. Uh, Luke Tooch, I believe you touched. Maybe. Tuck. I think it's Tuck. Tuck. Yeah. He, uh, he finds himself on the blue line and shoots not even, not a hard wrister. He just kind of flutters it in on goal and it finds a way in. Yeah, I mean, we were already, I mean, at this point, we were kind of just getting outclassed. Like, I think the main thing that kind of stood out for me just throughout the whole game, not even on the goal, but just they know how to skate and we just didn't. Like, everything that they did, they just did faster and more crisp. And it was mainly on the skates, but it was also with the puck work, too. So, you know, they were just wheeling around in the zone and we just straight up couldn't keep up. And they they kind of just floated it on net. I'm not sure if it took a tip at all. Like, I couldn't really tell, but they had bodies in front of paths, so he really couldn't see anything and it just floated right in. So we had to do a better job. It was clearing out the front of the net and just 
staying closer to the puck whenever possible, and we just didn't do that this game. Yep, and a couple minutes later, um, UMass is also very undisciplined in this game. We'll get to that a little later, but they're uh, four minutes later, they're on the penalty kill. BU again, wheeling and dealing in the UMass zone. Um, and Owen Murray uh, looks like he got his ankles broken. Uh, the replay kind of looks like he got tripped, but I don't think he actually did. Uh, but he falls right on his butt. Um, BU kind of just skates it right into the, the money area, and Quinn Hudson puts one home to make it 3 nothing. You know, it's funny that you mentioned this now because I'm watching the replay of the school and it genuinely looks like he got tripped. Like, I, I see skate-to-skate -skate contact with one of the BU players. I have no idea who it was. Um, I don't know, number two or something like that. I can't tell. It's not even that important at this point. But, yeah, I really, at this point, I don't blame Murray as much here. Like, live, it looked pretty bad. It looked like he literally just lost an edge and just went on his ass. But it looks like he might have got clipped by the BU player, which somehow didn't get called, especially with – all the penalties that were ended up, you know, that didn't end up being called in this game. That wasn't one of them, which was pretty interesting, but yeah, I mean, he just walks in basically uncontested and just rips it far corner. I mean, we got to do better. Just, you know, I mean, obviously the penalty is just about to expire here when they're on a power play, but I don't know. Something's got to give, you just got to, you know, play better than that. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all at a loss for words at this point. I don't know how to describe it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, less than a minute later, um, UMass finally getting a little bit of zone time. BU takes the puck away. Um, Scott Morrow and Elliot McDermott get absolutely burnt by Nick Z uh, Zabinet, and he uh, puts a little move on Pavisic. Looks like Pavisic might have taken it off the goal line, but they did review it. It said it was a good goal, and it, and it made it 4 nothing with three minutes left in the period. Yeah, we're just, just getting burnt. Like I said, like – I said that a couple minutes ago, like just getting outskated everywhere on the ice. Like they just straight up looked like a better team. I don't know who the hell their skating coach is, but we got to poach them. Like now they just, they did some sort of crazy NCAA rules where you can, you know, hire more coaches full time and stuff like that. We got to get whoever the hell their, their skating coach is and get them on UMass immediately because we need all the skating help that we can get at this point. I noticed that in this game, we just looked very, very slow compared to BU and they made us pay for it. They absolutely did, and, and that's how the period ended, 4 nothing. Just uh, you can't put it any other way, just a flat-out embarrassing period. Even though BU was favored in this game, just probably the most embarrassing uh, – the, the Clarkson third period was pretty embarrassing, but right yeah. up there with most embarrassing periods of the season. They were outshot 18-7, to um, and like you said, they just looked completely outmatched in every facet of the game. Yeah, and I mean, I think the number one thing that BU was kind of doing that I noticed in the period was just they had these weird, like, set plays that they were running in the offensive zone, like these weird kind of, like, moving pick type things that I frankly haven't really seen all that often from UMass, really, unless I'm severely, you know, misunderstanding how we're playing offense. But, yeah, they just looked very creative. They were making extremely good passes. They were seeing, you know, things that clearly our defensemen weren't, and yeah, they, they were very clinical with their chances. They made us pay. And, like, I mean, to give your, you know, give yourself a little bit of a pat, pat on the back, I mean, we talked about in the preview episode kind of we were going to get outshot really badly because that's kind of been the, the general theme over the entire season. And I don't know exactly what the shot totals were at the end of the entire game. But like you said, just in this period, it was, what, 18 to 7? Like, yeah, That's, stay tuned for the uh, end of game shot totals. It's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, place your bets now. We'll do a little over under action. Maybe we'll, we'll start handing out some money at the end of this to whoever wants to get it right on the nose. I'm <laughs> completely joking about that. I'm not trying to hand out money like this, but uh, especially when it's a UMass loss. But 
yeah, we I was really hoping things could not get any worse from here leading into the next period. But as we'll talk about, I mean, they kind of did, you know, like. Yeah, and hey, those those BU set plays, they're they're not weird if they work, and they were definitely yeah. working. Um, we moved to the second period. UMass is able to hold it together a little bit defensively at the start of the period. Um, and we actually see a goal from UMass six minutes in, um, kind of a, a cross crease sauce of a pass from Scott Morrow right up to the stick of Matt Koopman, who puts one home with a bad angle, uh, makes it 4-1. Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really solid pass. I'm going to give props to Morrow where it's due. I've been very critical of him recently, so I'm going to give him some praise because it was a really nice pass. Um, finds Koopman wide open in the other corner um, or, you know, far post, and he snaps it home, you know, and that kind of, I don't know. My score prediction at the beginning of the game was going to be four to four. I was thinking for a tie if I was being realistic and I figured, okay, well, we're down for nothing. And this is a good way to spark the comeback maybe. And as Cam is going to describe very shortly, um, the, the potential comeback hope was uh, short lived. Yeah. And just a couple minutes later, um, BU absolutely dominating zone time. They did it the whole game and they kind of have the puck in the corner and Owen Murray, who had himself a, a pretty tough night, he uh, gets burnt right to the crease. BU player skates in and uh, tips the pass home. A really soft goal on, on Pavisic's part as well to let it go five hole, it looked like, to make it 5-1. Yeah, and I mean, that after that goal, I'm pretty sure that was when Henry Graham came in. You know, like, I yep. remember seeing this goal. I mean... It was it was a it was a weird one, you know what I mean? Like just kind of a weird little tip out in front. And it looked like Pav was there, you know what I mean? Like his his body was down low towards the puck and it just kind of scribbled itself in somehow. And yeah, I mean, Graham comes in and I don't even I didn't even know what to feel. You know what I mean? I'm thinking to myself, like, well, Cole Brady's kind of been, you know, we've been talking about it on the pod a little bit now. He's I don't even know if he's in the doghouse. He's been shipped off to a faraway island somewhere else. Like he's not even in the coaching staff's thoughts. I don't even think at this point. And Henry Graham comes out and as, I mean, we'll probably end up touching upon it in multiple points throughout the rest of this episode, but Graham kind of did his thing the rest of the game. You know what I mean? He, uh, he, you know, I, I trust the coaching staff with their goalie decisions now because Graham's been pretty damn decent in his relief efforts. Yeah, you said you don't know how to feel. I know how to feel, and it's just flat-out embarrassing because <laughs> yeah. um, no um, ill will, obviously, towards Henry Graham. Like, he's doing his thing. He showed out in this game and, and a couple others this season. But to be a program who is less than two years removed from a national championship and you're uh, branded fully on the new mass, like, high-character kind of, like, mindset, and you have to take out your starting goalie who just gave up five goals and your third string walk on comes in the game instead of the backup. Like that's uh, it's gotten to a point where it's, it's embarrassing as a fan to see that and it, Henry Graham might start on Sunday against you. And it wouldn't be that crazy. It wouldn't be that crazy. So right. that's, that's what's so embarrassing to me. Like it's, it's tough to see, obviously no disrespect to Henry Graham. Uh, we love the guy and he's doing great, but it, like a a big time winning program is not going to have a third string getting like considerable minutes. Yeah, like no, this. I mean that's the, and yeah, and just to, just to touch upon that again, obviously no ill will. I don't think anybody would perceive that as being ill will, but like just to put it into context, right? Like let's let's think about two or three years ago, right? You have Matt Murray and you have Philip Lindbergh, right? Let's say for you know during some random game throughout our title win, you know our title run season, right? 
let's say neither of them are playing particularly well, and then Brad Arvinitis comes through, right, and then puts up decent numbers and then starts, you know, he's going to be a starting goalie on our team. Like, the fans would be going ballistic saying, what is going on here? And there would be complete and utter confusion. Like, that's, that's I mean, that's that's the best way I can compare it. You know what I mean? Like, the third string guy is the third string guy. You know, no, I don't want to say normal D1 program, but, like, that's probably the best way I can word it. Like, that guy's not meant to get playing time. As simple as that. Like, if, if he does, he gets one game a year as, like, a pat on the back. Like, thank you for, for being a part of the program. Like, you deserve to get a little bit of time for all your effort. Now it's like the, Henry Graham's getting starting time on merit. Like that's confusing and downright concerning. Like I don't, it's, it's so perplexing. You know what I mean? Like this whole yeah. season has just been so weird. Like Pete, like it seems like I could give so many examples of weird things that have happened. We didn't even finish talking about the game. So maybe we should focus back on the game a little bit, but yeah, yeah things have just been super weird so far this season. And some of those things were highlighted in this game. Yeah, and I'm sure after the season at some point we'll we'll hear a story on why Cole Brady is like gone completely missing from uh playing in games this year. But for now we have no idea and it's it's just a bad look. But Henry Graham, uh he held his own. He got through the rest of the period scoreless, uh, looked pretty good and made some made some good saves as we go to the third. Um and, and he held his own again. UMass uh again losing the um the zone time battle. It uh, looks like they never had the puck, especially in the third period. And then uh, uh, go to about halfway through, we see Wilmer Skoog, the guy that scored the Michigan on UMass earlier this year. He fakes a Michigan behind the net, passes it uh, out in front to Devin Kaplan. Uh, really nice-looking goal. Can't really fault Henry Graham at all on this one, but makes it 6-1. Six to six to one. Yeah, no, I mean, this was a creative play. I mean, Skoog, he already – he probably knew in the back of his mind that he's already scored one Michigan on us this year when back at back at Mullins. You know, he probably knew that the defenseman knew that and was kind of, you know, scouted for knowing how to do that. So he kind of faked the hell out of us on, a, on that one. And, I mean, I think the defense has to do a bit better to get their sticks in the in the passing lanes there. Um, You know, I mean, it was a kind of a, a tight angle shot. Maybe Henry Graham wanted to be a little bit closer to his post on that, but – I mean, the the thing that kind of sticks out to me, and it's not even related to this goal, because I really can't blame Henry Graham for this goal, because this was, I believe, the only one that he let in. It, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm pretty correct. sure it was the only one. He ended up facing 19 shots against in the third period alone. And that's not even taking into account, I'm not sure how many he faced in the second period, because he obviously came in relief partway through the second. There was 10 shots in that period, right? So you say for the sake of argument, he faced half the shots that period. He had five shots against in that period. This dude faced 24 shots in, in the time that he came just in relief. And he made 23 saves. Like, yeah, I'm looking at the stats now. He had 20 saves on 21 shots. Yeah. Like I, I can't like something's not computing for me. Like, you know what? I'm, I, I kind of do know how to feel about that now. Like he, he deserves it. He's earned it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, but it's just, it's disappointing to know that we have two other goalies on the roster that are, you know, they were both pretty highly touted goalie prospects, you know, back, you know, I'm pretty sure Pavicic was on the central scouting rankings back in the day for North American goalies and Cole Brady's a freaking, I think a fifth round draft pick to the devils. Like we got some pedigree there and neither of them have really shown up as of recently. And now, we got the the unknown guy, Henry Graham, coming in, who's 
quite frankly, kind of stealing the show, which is, is a sad thought to think about. But I mean, again, more power to him. Very happy about it. But just the optics of the whole situation are not good. Yeah, and uh, that really sealed the deal in this one. There were a few more penalties. Um, there was another UMass goal, Michael Cameron, uh, yet again, using his speed, takes one up the wing and, uh, nips one home for, to make it six, two. And that was the last goal of the game, but I guess we can get into the, uh, the penalty situation, some, some frustration stuff happening. Uh, Cade Weber on BU. Um, I forget who it was, but he had a very ugly hit on a UMass player, um, right near the boards hitting from behind, uh, I think it was Nodler or Nodler. It was on, I believe. Yep, I think you're right. Um, really ugly hit, deserving of five minutes. Um, and they were going to review it and give him five minutes too. And, and Taylor spears him after the play. Um, I, in the moment, didn't have a big problem with Taylor retaliating, but seeing that it was spearing, um, kind of, kind of upset with it. Like I wouldn't mind at all if Taylor goes over and gives him a shove little little half punch something like that to retaliate but the spear is it's a lot yeah i mean i, I didn't actually see the spear because like i think i was looking mm-hmm. at another being down on the ground like i was more concerned about his overall health and well-being at the at the time so i didn't see what taylor was doing but yeah i was a bit confused when he started going towards the penalty box and then a couple of fans you know around me were saying like yeah he kind of did spear a guy on that plane i said all right fair enough maybe he deserves it like realistically i i think it's a good thing that he at least wanted to stand up for his teammates because i don't think a single other person on the ice was even remotely concerned with what had happened on the play like fair play to taylor he at least you know i've said this at multiple other times throughout the season he you can tell he actually gives a shit you know what i mean like he will go out there and put everything out you know on the ice he leaves it all out there except the problem is is that when he tends to leave everything out there he also leaves his brain out there (laughs) And it just like, he, he does a lot of brainless stuff. You know, he'll, he'll go out there play extremely reckless, extremely dangerous, and sometimes extremely stupidly. Like we see here, you know, it's, it sucks. You know, I don't think it's a smart decision. I think he's probably going to end up getting punished for it, whether it's internally by the team or externally by hockey East, but we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But yeah, that was, that was a pretty bad moment, you know, for, for the game. That's the thing, dude, like where, where is the concern for your teammate? Taylor was the only guy yeah. that retaliated after that. Um, and after Nodler went down hard, it was a really ugly hit and nobody else skates over. Like you don't even like the best teams you see the, and all five guys that are on the ice go after that guy, yep. maybe not spearing him, but going after him and get in his face and make it, make the team know that you didn't yep. appreciate that hit. And UMass just seems like they don't care. They, they rolled the like, and it was pretty, I mean, I'm trying to remember yeah it was pretty late in the period there was what five and a half six minutes left in the period like yeah. in the third period and we're getting blown out like that's you're not supposed to roll over and die there you know what i mean like show some fight show that you give a shit like show that you at least ca- care about the guy that you're playing on the same line with you know what i mean like show a bit of fight like it's i don't know like again i i don't know exactly what has gotten into the team mentality recently but it seems like they're just playing and they're feeling sorry for themselves. Exactly. You know, like there's, there needs to be some sort of spark. Like we had that when we had Bobby on the team, I'm literally wearing the the Bobby T for Hobie B shirt as I'm doing the pod right now. Like something is missing. There's a fire. There's some sort of spark that's not there. And I don't know like who needs to provide it. 
You know what I mean? Like, well, it starts. It starts from the upperclassmen. Yeah, like, it, think about all the guys. That, think about all the guys last year uh, who are not, no longer with the team this year that would have uh, gone nuts on BU for making that hit. Like, you got Bobby, you got Colin Felix, Josh Lapina probably gets in the mix, even though as like our face-off specialist center, you wouldn't. Expect Anthony Del Geizo would have been up in that guy's grill. Everybody would. Matt dude. Kessel. <laughs> literally everybody that left would like that was the culture that that team ran and this team is not doing that yeah no i completely agree like that like i wasn't thinking of individual names at the time but i think me and you combined they're literally just named off a bunch of them like ty farmer would have gotten the mix like yeah like i don't know just something's missing from this team man. like i just don't think the leadership this year is it like i don't want to turn this into a whole like what the hell is wrong with the team and let's just start ragging on them but I don't know, like, the leadership group that I think was picked is a bit suspect. Like, I don't know who I would pick instead, but, like, something just seems off. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be a case of the last couple recruiting classes that we had and those seniors were just amazing. And maybe we're just – That's part of it. Like, we probably just – we just whiffed. Like, I don't I don't know what it is. Like, something's off, dude. <laughs> like – yeah. It's, it's guys not playing for each other a lot of guys playing for themselves and it's, it's trans it obviously translates into a poor brand of hockey this isn't the the new mass that we've come to expect very true and it's it's backed up by coach carvel after the game he had a quote this was an ugly one tonight it wasn't a very good game on our end we dressed three freshman defensemen and exposed us a bit i thought that was a big part of the case tonight we need to respond sunday after that one it was an ugly game, as maybe I've ever coached in the last five years. But BU is a good team. They do a great job. And I feel like that's a little bit of a deflection. Talking yeah, that's, about that's cope. The I think that, that, yeah, there's cope. Yeah, so, um, but even to hear the words as strong as uh, maybe one of the ugliest games he's coached in the last five years says something. Like, I don't know if I can, I mean, obviously, yes, there is a point to be made about having, you know, multiple freshman defensemen out there. I get that. There is a point to be made that we have a very young decor. I get that. But there's more to this team than just that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm seeing all these good teams that are out there right now. Like, you know, you have like all the, you know, the Minnesota teams or whatever, all these other teams that are, you know, top 10 in the rankings. They have at least one dude on their team with, with 30 points. You know what I mean? Like they have guys out here, like there are multiple teams out there right now in the NCAA that have players on their team, like forwards who have more goals than any, than our top scorer on the team has points. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in literally one of the dudes. So I can't say that it's Kenny Connors anymore. It is now Scott Moore with his two apples in, in this BU game. He has 19 points on the season on, in 21 games. Our, our number one point scorer is not even a point per game. Like that, that, that's not something that we've had in forever. You know, like we don't have one offensively, a guy that can just straight up take over a game. We don't have anybody dangerous enough to do that. Like, and I'm not saying that that's gonna not ever come. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to completely shift the, the, the doom and gloom scenario to, you know, the, you know, the, the potential for the future scenario. That's, you know, all sunshine and rainbows that I got in my head right now, but like, the future is bright. You know what I mean? Like we have all of the best players on our team right now are basically freshmen. That is encouraging. That's really good. You know, a lot of, you know, 
the, the, the guys that we have committed for the future are all nasty, especially on the defensive end. We have a lot of good guys coming in. Same thing with the goalie situation. Like, everything's going to be improved. But right now, things suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's the sad part. Like, I don't, I don't even know if there's anything that we can do for the rest of the season except just sit back and watch it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the concerning part is that I don't think there's a, there's a change that can be made that will just magically fix all this. We literally just have to wait. Yeah, and, and I, I, sorry, I wanted to say one more thing before yeah. we get off this uh, quote from Coach Carville. Yeah. Um, three of the goals you can make an argument. It's on uh, freshman D-men. Um, Owen Murray, he had a tough night. Uh, probably two of the goals, uh, if he if he played better, could have could have helped. Um, the one that got fooled on the fake uh, Michigan goal was Noah Ellis, so like okay. But um, on three of the other goals, one of them. Scott Morrow and Elliot McDermott both get burned. Those yep. aren't freshmen. On yep. one of the goals, Elliot McDermott can't keep up with his man on the blue line yep. to let him get a wrister through. So not a freshman. And then the other one, Eric Faith gets his ankle snapped. Yeah. Going towards the goal. So, like, I get it. It's tough to play with that many freshmen demon, and it clearly shows, but, like, it's not your whole problem. No, yeah, that's that's definitely the number one thing is that, like, we couldn't even get three goals. Like, we always hear – if you get three goals, you're in a good position to win. You know, like one could maybe make the argument if the game was three, two for BU, we could pull the goalie maybe. But if that, if that is your key to success to win every single game going forward, you have a problem. You know what I mean? Like the, the goaltending was not good enough. Like it, again, and that, that stems back to the whole, like, holy shit, Henry Graham's actually doing his thing. Like Henry Graham was by far the best dude out on the ice that game for, you know, for the second half of the second period and all the third period, like, I don't know if we should even get into your the score prediction that you didn't tell me about until halfway through the game. I don't know if you want to make it public to everybody, but basically Cam had a pretty spot on score prediction for this game and it was denied with two seconds left by Henry Graham <laughs> off of a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like just a flopping rainbow trout in the lake type save. He's just sitting here in the crease flopping his arms out like a freaking madman and he somehow stops the puck from going in like with two seconds left in the game that that's his reaction is to, I got to play the best that I can, regardless of how much time is left. Whereas a complete and utter 180 from what we saw five minutes prior, when you have one, you know, one of your players on the ground from a dirty hit and only one guy is over there and says, Hey, maybe I should go respond to this and do something about it. Like I'm seeing, I could probably count on one hand, how many guys I could say, you know, in the BU game were playing hard. I could, and, uh, fuck it, I'll name it. Henry Graham, Taylor McCarr, Ryan Lautenbach, and maybe Michael Cameron. And, I was going to say maybe Michael Cameron. Yeah. That's, that's about it for me. Like that's, that's unbelievable to me. Like if I can name four guys that actually impressed me, everybody else, like there used to be so many other guys that I remember from the team just last year that, their sole purpose was to back check. I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm going to name it. I'm talking about Jerry Harding here. That was, that's been his sole purpose for the past two years. He's been on the team has been back checking. I could not remember a single instance last game yesterday where he was doing any sort of effort based play like that. And he got on the fourth line for yeah. Wednesday's game. Like I'm, I'm not saying that, that Mercury didn't deserve to get benched there. I think it was a long time coming, but like, we, we simply don't have 12 forwards that are giving it 100% every night. Like, it's simple. Like, we're gonna, like we're, yeah, exactly. But, like, we're going to sit – we're going to be out here, like, Carvel's trying to make a statement saying, 
let's start the fourth line for the beginning of this game to try and show that we're going to inject some energy into this game and we're going to play our hardest. They were not the best line out there by even any stretch of the imagination. You know what I mean? Like Koopman got a goal. Cool. Great. That was off of a really, really solid pass by Moro. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. frankly, that was probably Moro's only nasty play of the game. You know what I mean? Like there were so many errors in just the overall fundamental mentality of the team. Like, I think if you even tr- like, I don't think it was a hundred percent of skill issue, I guess is my final point. It, it was the lack of effort. You know what I mean? Like, even if we just moved our legs a little bit better and we're just really just trying to get inside of all the dirty areas and all the passing lanes, like we were supposed to, you probably could knock two or three goals off of that, you know, off of that final score, which is just unbelievable to me. Like, I don't understand how effort isn't the bare minimum when that was all that, that they would talk about, you know, over the course of you know, the past couple of seasons with Carvel at the helm. That's what it's always about is, is effort. Yeah. It's just not the brand that we've thought has been created. I mean, this, this program got so good on its mantras that it was able to raise enough money for fancy new locker room and stuff like that, which is awesome. Like won the mm-hmm. national championship, like they totally deserve it. On the walls in the locker room, it's just fast, hard prepared, and this team is not right now. No, yeah. They can be too. Like they showed that they we've can seen be it. at the beginning we've of the season. It. Yeah, we've seen this group of guys be fast, hard, and prepared, and they're not right now, which is the problem. Yeah, the our very last thing, and then we'll move on. I swear to God, I've been saying this the entire episode. The very last thing that is what pisses me off the most is that we've had this, like we've had this at points throughout the season. We have seen this. We have played some of the best teams in the nation. I don't even know if I can call Denver one of the best teams because it seems like every other weekend I see a post on Twitter that says, number one, Denver gets knocked off. Like, all right, maybe that's a fluke because it seems like they're complete pretenders, but that's beside the point. Like, we're out here dominating teams like Union, which, you know, granted they have been the punching bag, you know, a lot of the time from other teams. But, like, I'm kind of worried about how we're going to play against UNH at this point. You know what I mean? Like, we have done so well in the beginning of the season, which proves that we have the ability to win games. And now, like, again, something happened, and I'm still pointing towards that Merrimack game where we were leading one nothing. you know, when Cole Brady was in net, and then they scored with, like, 30 seconds left to tie it up. That right there, I, I don't know if it was a psychological turning point, but everything since that moment has been downhill. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was the coaching staff that, like, ripped into the team and they got discouraged. I don't know what the hell happened, but ever since that moment, there has been a fundamental shift in how the team approaches hockey games. and something clearly needs to change because if, if anybody were to ever ask me like, where did it all go wrong? It was that moment right there. And it scares me. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, and you're not going to win hockey games when you're giving up 47 shots a game. No, never. That's the, that's the final shot total from PU 47 to 19. That's so. so bad. We normally save the end of the episode for awards. Um, we don't really think we're going to do that. There's not many awards uh deserving award recipients quite frankly except for one we'll give out the ccc award carvel's character and compete award and that's henry graham he's the third string goalie and multiple times this year he's been ready to go um played really well in the opportunities that he got when um he easily could have thought that he'd get zero minutes this season so good on you henry graham uh looked really good and if he's in goal on sunday um you know what? I trust him. I feel like he's shown that he can, he can do it in D one. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that award. I mean, it, it's completely deserved. Um, I fully think he's going to start on Sunday. I think he deserves it. Um, 
personally, I don't think he's the flashiest goaltender of all time. He doesn't look insanely fast or like athletic going post to post, but by God, I don't know what he does, but he does something to keep the puck out of the net. And frankly, that's all I care about. Like, like I said, like perfect example was the last two minutes or last two seconds of the game. He just didn't even look at the puck. He was like flopping backwards in his crease and he somehow managed to get a, you know, a stick or a blocker or something on the puck. That's all that matters. So if he can do that against UNH and, you know, he somehow manages to hold down a starting job going forward. I'm going to be shocked, quite frankly, because I don't think anybody expected this sort of storyline at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to be happy and I'm going to trust in him nonetheless. You know, good on Henry Graham. Um, I'm hoping, honestly, that, that he gets it now because I think that'll light a fire under the rest of the team. I'm hoping that that'll be the change that the team needs to somehow just get going moving forward. Yeah, and I, I wish – there were more availability for guys to get benched on this team, but we just simply don't have the the manpower right now yeah. to make it happen. So um, if, if that's something that could possibly ignite this team, uh, I'd love to see it. So I think, I think if the, uh, the UMass marketing department is listening, if anybody's listening, maybe uh, we'll put, we should do like a giveaway or like a sweepstakes, like before every game. So everybody's going to sit in their seats, right? So maybe like 15, 20 minutes before the game. If you find a pair of UMass hockey gloves or any sort of equipment underneath your seat, you get to play, right? You get to play in that <laughs> game. You get to meet the team. You get to go out there on the ice. You get to, You get at least a couple of shifts. I think, you know, I think, I think that'd be the welcome change that uh, everybody needs. And I think it'd be really fun for the fans too. I'll take a shift out there. If I die, I die. I don't care. I feel like I'll be at least given a bit more effort than some of the guys at times. So I don't know. We'll see. All right, we're we're off the rails. That's enough I'm, of us. We're talking going like, insane. We're going. That's insane. enough of us talking like uh, sports radio guys. There so, you go. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Um, next episode will be the preview for the Sunday game against UNH. So we hope must you guys win. tune in. Absolute must win. Um, if there's one thing I can say, stop taking the season seriously. Um, it sounds like we're taking the season seriously, and that that loss, I think, for the both of us was the last like. Let's just enjoy the good moments when they happen and not have any expectation whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell from the general vibe of this episode now, but at least for me, I've lost it. I, I'm going insane. Like my my mental stability is out the window. So we're just going to, I'm going full chaos mode. Like if Henry Graham starts every game for the rest of the season, good on him. Love it. You know what I mean? I support it a hundred percent. So I think at this point, like if we're realistically not going to be challenging for any sort of like crazy playoff pushes or anything like that just just start giving guys experience you know what I mean start playing with the lineups you know try and get other guys chemistry I say just start looking forward to the future you know try and figure out which guys you think are going to play good together next year I mean obviously anything can change but I feel like if you know if the season's not going to be you know winnable in any sort of sense with any sort of postseason hopes let's have some fun with it you know what I mean I feel like that's that's kind of where I'm at now mentally because we just, we don't, we clearly don't have it. You know, you know what simply, I'm hoping for? What do we got? I'm hoping for the rest of this season, I want somebody to show the fans and the team that they are captain material because that is yeah. so totally up for grabs. I have yep. no idea who it would be next year. It, it is up for the, up for grabs. Dude, you know what? I wasn't even thinking about that, but now I got, I got the OE prospects page pulled up. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do after this episode's finished. I'm going to look through the lineup and just think about anybody who it could be. Cause right off the top of my head right now, I got nobody. Genuinely. I got, I got a, a shaky number one. I'll, I'll save that for later though. 
Yeah, I have an idea of who it could be, and I feel like we might be on this on a similar wavelength there. But again, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about it another time. I feel yes. like it'll definitely come up at some other point because the season's far from over. Yeah, for sure. All right, thank you guys. If you listen through all this, you're a real trooper listening to episodes Legends. of game recaps after this kind of game. So thank you and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. And I hope at the bare minimum, we're at least entertaining for you guys if we're not extremely knowledgeable and happy 100% of the time. <laughs>